quite often these days. We now are joined by Christopher Price from Boston Sports Journal. Get a subscription. It is totally worth it. I can literally read about sports and nobody is talking anything politically on on Boston Sports Journal. They're just bringing you the coverage. It's tremendous. I can't recommend it enough. Chris Price, of course, uh, writing about the Patriots for them. Mr. Price, good good morning. Are you Now, are you heavily snowed in at this point or just pre-snowed in at this point? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're pretty well socked in. I was going to ask you if, I mean, it, it, it's pretty much, it's close to whiteout conditions here. I'm right outside of Boston. I have to imagine that you guys are, you know, are breaking out the sled dogs at this point up there. <laughs> not, not quite yet. For some reason, this one has kind of eased us into it a little bit. Like, they canceled schools up here, and my first thought was, really, we couldn't do a half a day? And then literally, right as the show started at 10, that's when the snow started. I, so far, so good. As long as I can get home in time, I, I should be okay. But, yeah, it's, it's not, it is not pretty out there, that's for sure. I could, I could do without all of this. Now, my next question is, have you been legally tampered with yet? Has any <laughs> any, have any have any other sports journals from other towns like reached out to you to see how things are going? Like I, because apparently that's all the rage in the NFL right now. Yeah, the only thing I've legally tampered with this morning are a couple of cups of coffee. I'll say that. So no, I, I have not been legally tampered with. But this is, you know, I mean, this is the great run up to, you know, the best off season show that, that we could hope for. This is kind of setting the stage for, you know, this is the opening act. For, for the biggest concert of the year, which is coming up here in a couple of days. And, you know, there, there's been a lot of movement and, you know, a lot of excitement here back and forth. Um, no seismic moves, at least to this point, as it relates to the Patriots, because I think really, you know, and Miguel has written about this for our side a couple of times, the great pass gap, uh, that, that the focus right now, I think, for New England is on retaining their own guys as opposed to going out and, and really overspending and, looking for, for some help elsewhere, you know, specifically looking to, you know, keep Lewis, Solder, and Amendola. Those are the first three in no particular order, and then you kind of go from there. But, yeah, I mean, this is this is a blast, at least, you know, for a, for a football writer this time of year. Never boring. My, my first question is on Solder. I think he's the, he's the first guy. But, you know, this is a thin offensive line market out there, uh, free agency-wise, and you see some of the deals guys are getting. I mean, the 49ers just agreed to a deal with a, a guard-sender combo, and he's going to be getting a ton of money. I just wonder if Nate Solder is going to be a little bit too much for the Patriots. Yeah, I, I, it's weird. I go back and forth with this because I've been able to at least, I think, develop a relationship with him over the last couple of years. And you get the feeling that while he is a smart and savvy businessman and understands the market and understands how the game is played, that there are some exceptional roots here for him in, in New England on, on a number of different levels, not only his own health and the health of his family, I talked to him last year in the locker room about the whole Walter Payton Man of the Year thing and, and, and how the, the team turned out for him. And maybe I'm just being naive here, but you could hear the emotion, the connection, the feeling that he has for that locker room, for those guys in his voice. And so my feeling is if the Patriots are able to make the dollars competitive, I'm not saying that you know they have to blow another team out of the water, but if they make the dollars competitive, there's a real good chance that, that he could return. My colleague, Greg Bedard, I think, hit it right in the head. This feels a lot like Devin McCourty a couple of years ago, where McCourty went out and kind of got a couple offers and was ready to ready to move on, and he called the Patriots at the last minute, and they were able to kind of work something out, and they all move forward. So, uh, look, you know, there, there's always the possibility that he ends up somewhere else, whether it's Houston or Denver or, you know, wherever the place may be. But 
I think that he is a guy who might be able to be talked back to talk back to New England, uh, you know, ultimately. Talking with Chris Price from Boston Sports Journal. How about the other uh, couple of guys like Lewis and and so on? What what are you th- what are you thinking? Yeah, Lewis is going to get a lot of offers. And my thought, at least my gut right now, says that he's going to cash in. And quite frankly, as, you know, with the career arc that he's had. He deserves a sizable payday. And I, I do think that there's going to be a team out there that might overpay for him slightly and be inclined to overuse him as a result. I think he's at his best when his reps are kind of being parceled out, uh, or parceled out judiciously, I guess for lack of a better term. But he's a guy who I think is going to get some good money on the market, even in a market where you know running backs aren't going to be paid that well i think he's going to get a, a decent sized payday and i think he's going to be inclined to leave whether that's you know indy or, or i think houston's been in the mix i talked to someone close to him yesterday who said that there has been a lot of conversation around him and you know given what he's gone through given the fact that he's angling for probably the biggest payday of his career and the fact that the patriots kind of churn through those running backs they see them as rather fungible assets I wouldn't be surprised at all if he was not here come 2018. How about Burkhead? You know, he, he seems to be maybe less marketable, but he's been a good asset for the Patriots. Yeah, yeah, he, he has been. And Burkhead is a really – I'm of two minds on Burkhead because, as you said, you know, when he's been healthy, he's been a good asset. But there have been questions about his durability and whether or not he's going to be able to stay on the field for all 16 games. I, I, it wasn't a problem, really, to my mind going into this year, but between the rib and the knee, he was not on the field as much as the Patriots would have liked. Now, they could camouflage a lot of those issues because they had so many talented backs on the roster last year. But at the same time, you know, if you don't have Lewis, you're going to lean on Burkhead at least theoretically a little more than you did last year. And, you know, is he going to be able to stay healthy? So, look, I think he heads into the open market with a lot of questions. Um, you know, whether or not his numbers were a little bit inflated by the fact that he was playing in New England, uh, you know, the, the, the fact that, you know, he wasn't able to stay healthy. He does have special teams value. We do know that. And so that kind of added to the, the mix as well. So maybe you put together a, you know, a, a short money, you know, a one-year prove-it deal for him here in New England, and he bets on himself, and, you know, they, they kind of go out and you know, take a look at it. But, you know, talk about the running back's position specifically, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they ended up taking I'm more and more convinced now that they are going to invest in the running back position come draft weekend. Not a first-rounder, but maybe a third-rounder, someone who's able to kind of step in there, because this is supposed to be, at least in my mind, and talking to people around the league, a pretty good draft when it comes to running back. You know, that's a that was the next thing. I'll talk draft with you. I think in in a little bit. Um, that was one thing I was, I was looking at. Some of the things they're going to be looking at draft wise, and I think a lot of that is going to depend on on how things go in free agency. But the Patriots, you know, you you've mentioned you actually tweeted out. You know, guys like Rodney Harrison didn't sign until you know well after the free agency thing started. Of course, free agency used to start early March, not in the middle of March. So there's still going to be a lot of things out out here left. They don't have a ton of of cap space. They still got to sign their own people. Um, do you think there's going to be, is there going to be a lot of bargain basement shopping where a guy like maybe like a Willie Sneed 
comes in, you know, like like a guy like that, as opposed to if somebody overpays for Amendola and he leaves, do you think they're going to be getting a lot of guys off the, I, I guess we'd call them here in Maine, off the Martins rack, I guess, and, uh, you know, and, and kind of checking from there, are, are those the sorts of deals that you think they might be making, you know, this this offseason? In, in, patience, probably the, the key word for, for Patriots fans to use right now, who are already terrified yeah. after, after Tom versus time yesterday and still haven't heard anything about Gronk yet. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think I think if you're a Patriots fan, and I wrote about the last couple days for the site, you need to start thinking about mid-range guys, not bargain basement guys, but mid-range guys. Uh, you know, Jarek McKinnon, I think would would be a, an excellent addition to this team if if it gets to that point where they do need a running back. You know, um, I, I've been an advocate since the start of the off season for a guy like Julius Peppers to see if he's got anything left in the tank. Connor Barwin. Um, Nikel Roby Coleman. These kinds of guys are not bargain basement guys, but mid-level guys who you could identify and plug into your system and kind of move forward from there. But you know, I, I look. I, I always go back to the old line from John Wooden, and I've, I've leaned on this the last couple of years. And I think I tweeted it out a day or two ago. When it comes to free agency, don't mistake activity for achievement. And I think that's really the important thing to remember here. This is not a Patriots team that needs. You know, a wholesale overhaul. They need to do some. Uh, they need to make some additions on the defensive side of the ball. I think we can all agree on that. You know, whether or not you, I think we're all you know the same mind. And Malcolm Butler's not going to be here next year, but you still need to be able to, to to bulk up that secondary. You still need to be able to bulk up that front seven. They've taken steps in that direction. They apparently tried to go after Michael Bennett. They got Danny Shelton. I wouldn't be surprised if they added at least one more big body and then used one of their very early picks on a linebacker or an, an, an edge rusher, someone like that. So it's all tied together, free agency and the draft. But, yeah, I, I think ultimately to answer your question, I don't think they're going to go you know, heavy, but I, I don't think they're going to end up with you know, bargain basement guys either. Those mid-range guys, those are their targets. Do they, do they like anybody uh, from any other team in the league other than Cleveland? Um, do they? I'm just curious. Are there are there other teams they would consider maybe doing a trade with at some point that's not yeah. San Francisco? Like I'm just I'm curious. Yeah. Well, you, you know what's interesting? They, they've they have a Belichick has a really odd trade history. He, he just when you think that he's found a guy or a team that he really enjoys dealing with, and part of that's just because he's been around for so long that all of a sudden he he makes a left turn and goes in another direction. The only team that he won't deal with. Is the only team he's never made, I'll tell you this, the only team he's never made a trade with are the Jets since he came on board. Everyone else, even the Colts with the Jacoby Brissett thing, that was the first trade he ever made with the Colts, and so that's kind of, things have thawed there for a while. But, you know, he likes to look for the, you know, Cleveland's, he likes to look, uh, you know, Oakland for a long, long time was one of his preferred trading team, you know, preferred, you know, matchup teams. Obviously, Andy Reid, whether it's in Philadelphia or Kansas City, although I think Reid would be a little bit more reticent now to trade with him. Um, since they're kind of these perceived AFC rivals. Um, Green Bay, Chicago, these are the teams that he likes to kind of go out looking for when he's looking to make a trade. But, yeah, for, you know, I, I think when you look at, you know, at least in recent memory, you know, that the, he's used the Cleveland Browns as kind of his minor league roster, I guess, for lack of a better term. Matty was saying earlier, Chris, that the those teams that we practice against during preseason tend to be guys that he gets a look at, he – he sees them practice. He sees them play. Uh, seems like those guys, their names come up quite often. Yeah, yeah. He's got um, – he does have one of those kind of 
what's what's the term? One of those earmarks, one of those similarities, commonalities. Really, every off season, he seems to go out and, and poach a guy from a team where he held joint practices with them last summer. I, I don't know, though, looking at the rosters, at least at this point, of both Houston and Jacksonville, I don't know if there's a personnel match there to be made. My first thought might have been Marquise Lee, the wide receiver out of Jacksonville, but I, I, I don't think that would be... I don't think that would really mix, at least with what the Patriots have and looking at some of the other guys out there. Um, so, so yeah, he, he might break that routine this year, but, but more often than not, you hit it spot on there, that, that he loves to go after those guys who he got a look at the previous summer in joint practice. I've been looking at the quarterback market with bated breath, um, looking at all the quarterbacks that are out there and knowing that the Patriots are desperately going to need a quarterback, maybe sooner rather than later, depending on how things went with Tom versus time yesterday. That was a very cliffhangery ending, by the way. Well, I was, was not, was. I was not was. real excited about what that. What you should do, at, at, at the end, I was waiting for next season on Tom versus time, you know, to kind of roll it over into 2018. That was fascinating stuff. Could we never get to see that from him? No. Uh-uh. And, and there was nothing. Instead, it's like, hey, I'm just going to go chug beers with Stephen Colbert, which we know we know he's a pro at chugging beer. Like this was not some shock, you know. I'm I'm just impressed that that he did it. That was good. I just, you know, I I look at this team and I wonder what they're what they're going. They're obviously not going to move up into the top ten and get one of these guys. Everybody, you know, these Baker Mayfields and Sam Darnold and Josh Allen's. They're not going to be in for those guys. Like. Do, do we have any idea of the developmental QB they're going to be able to take? Can they strike gold again with Jimmy G, or do we end up with another Ryan yeah, Mallett? We never who, heard of him. Who everybody seemed to have forgotten about when Ryan Mallett was going to be the uh, the, uh, the the guy who was going to follow Brady. That worked out really well for everybody. Yeah, we, we all conveniently forgot the Ryan Mallett era, did we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Um, I'll, I'll give you two names. I, and, and I actually did a, a series uh, about a week or two ago, I started the series on all of these, you know, not, as you said, not the Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold you know, types, the, the second-level guys, the guys who are at least expected to go, in my mind, maybe second round to fifth round. Um, the first name is Kyle Laletta, the Richmond quarterback, who hmm. actually, his pro day is today, and he's expected to throw. Uh, I talked to his offensive coordinator, I've watched a bunch of film on him. I did some cut-ups I, I put up on, the, on, a, on our website. He's a guy who, for a number of reasons, impresses me as who, you know, the guy who could be the guy that they go after, whether it's the you know, second, third, fourth round, whatever the case may be. Um, and then another one, Luke Falk, the quarterback out of Washington State, who put up really impressive numbers over the last couple of years, throwing the air raid offense for Mike Leach out there. Those are two guys for me who initially jump off the page as potential heir apparents here in New England, guys who look like they could appeal to the Patriots. Because, you know, and look, let, you know, let's be honest, they, they draft a quarterback every year, whether it's just a camp arm or whether it's a, a backup or, you know, whatever the case may be. Now it's going to get more attention just because of, you know, the circumstance and not having Garoppolo around anymore and, you know, Brady's age. But, they always go after a quarterback, whether it's a, a second-round guy or an undrafted free agent. I think they're going to do the same thing this year. But I threw a bunch of other names in the hat as well. Uh, Chase Linton, a kid from Marshall, who I think looks really good. Logan Woodside was the quarterback at Toledo last year. And I think he might not be specifically what they're looking for, but he's another name to consider. But the two guys who, who I really I, I continue to be impressed by are Loletta out of Richmond 
in Luke Falk from Washington State. The kid from Richmond is is the the guy yeah, that I have I have yeah. talked to folks about because of course Richmond plays in the same division as Maine, and a lot of people are like, oh, he's not a div- well, you know what? CAA is pretty good football. Um, yeah, yeah, the, the, and and they I I see guy you know there's. There's a reason that the University of Maine has a whole bunch of players in in the National Football League, you know, trolling through. You know, they're they're doing okay. There's a reason that guys show up at their pro day. So I would imagine folks would be would be all over Richmond. That would be the that would be the guy that I would see and I watched him play. I mean, he could definitely do it. You know, it, it, at, at this point, I think you're looking at you know with the success that Wentz has had and anybody else. I mean, I I think people are, are would be silly not to look at uh, you know both FCS and FBS for, for their quarterbacks because... Well, let, 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 let me give you one more thing. Let me give you a couple more things on Loretta now as, as we're talking about him. This guy, and I first, I'll confess, I, he was he was first, I was first kind of tipped off to him by a piece from Eric Edholm from Pro Football Weekly, but this is a guy who his dad played at Navy. Um, he's a former lacrosse player. You know, he kind of checks off a lot of the boxes of a Belichick type of guy, you know, even if he wasn't a quarterback. His uncle played at Navy. Um... Uh, you know, he's he's kind of one of those under the radar, mid level guys who is you know he's got an accurate throwing arm. He doesn't have an overly big arm, but he's smart. He's uh, unruffled by a lot of stuff going out of the pocket. He continues to trend in the right direction. The numbers aren't overwhelming, but again, you watch this kid play. You consider the background. You consider the pedigree. You consider you know what the Patriots look for at this position. You start to see more and more. This could be the guy. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to step in immediately and be, you know, Brady or Garoppolo. He's, he's going to need some time in the system. But this certainly at least projects to be the sort of guy who, a year or two down the road, you know, <laughs> might be able to be. And I'm putting him a quote fingers here in NFL ready quarterback. Christopher Price, you can read him in the Boston Sports Journal. Coach, you got another question. Chris, I had one other thing. You know, I know you, you said you snowed in. If you were thinking of coming to Maine, across our parking lot is an Ultra po- uh, popular, really pizza popular place. pizza yeah. place. George's Pizza. It's closed. Yeah. So, so yeah, that right there oh, tells wow. you. Don't, don't come up do on a snow day. Do not come to yeah. Maine. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> not a good idea. I, I got you. I got you, man. The only thing I'm going to do. The only. I, the only thing I might do today is is venture out. You know, maybe for a little bit of lunch or a little bit of. But yeah, we're we're pretty much stocked. And I, I went. I, I I did my shopping last night at Roche Brothers. You know, we're, we're all here. We are we are locked in for the day. The kids got a snow day, so we're not, we're not going anywhere. That's good. That's, uh, that's yeah. Solid. Both my kids live down there, and they've already texted me saying we're not going anywhere today, Dad. Oh so. yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> a wrap on that. Chris Price from Boston Sports Journal. Sign up today. Go to bostonsportsjournal.com or download the app on your phone. Totally worth it. Chris, thank you very much. We'll talk to you again real soon. My pleasure. Take care, guys. Take thank care, you. Chris. That's Chris Price from the Boston Sports Journal. Of course, again, find them online, bostonsportsjournal.com, or download the app in the App Store today.